The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network The Bob and Chez Show Presented by BubbleGenius.com Hello, Bob here with this week's Bubble Genius Showcase out of the week It's the dog days of summer So go to BubbleGenius.com for their Happy Fluff Pup Wash Soap It's soap for your dog And frankly, I've actually used it on myself too Specially formulated for a very sensitive puppy This soap's got essential oils That act as natural flea repellents And skin conditioners Plus colloidal oatmeal and shea butter To help alleviate itchy skin And to condition the coat The raised paw bumps on the soap Can also act as a bit of a massage bar Only $6 at BubbleGenius.com But if you use our promo code Bob and Chez That's B-O-B-A-N-D-C-H-E-Z You'll get 15% off your entire order only at BubbleGenius.com. And now let the cartoons begin. Recorded live in the USA and covering the whole wide world, this is the Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Right on! With Bob Zeska and Chez Pazienza. I do not for one think that the problem was that the band was down. I think that the problem may have been that there was a Stonehenge monument on the stage that was in danger of being crushed by a dwarf. All right? that tended to understate the hugeness of the object. I really think you're just making a much too big a thing out of it. Making a big thing out of it would have been a good idea. Nigel gave me a drawing that said 18 inches, all right? I know he did, and that's what now, I'm talking about. Whether he knows the difference between feet and inches is not my problem. I do what I'm told. But you're not as confused as him, are you? I mean, it's not your job to be as confused as Nigel is. It's my job to do what I'm asked to do by the creative element of this band, and that's what I did. The Come audience on. were laughing. So it became a comedy number, right? Yes, it, it did. Yes, really it expected. fucking well did. And it was not pleasant to be part of the comedy on stage. Backstage, perhaps it was very amusing. Well, maybe we just fix the choreography and keep the dwarf clear. What do you mean? So we'll trod upon it. Making your day a little brighter is quite enough for us. Chess Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. It is Thursday, August 4, 2016, and this is the Bob and Chess Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. I am Bob Seska, that is Chess Pazienza sitting right over there. Hey there. Brought to you by BubbleGenius.com. It's the best soap in the world. I, I forgot to mention it during the showcase out of the week, but you got to pick up Bubble Genius's uh, <laughs> tiny orange hand soap set. They're little doll's hands. Uh, <laughs> they're soap shaped like doll's hands, and they're orange. Mm. Wonder what those are. I feel all like about. a supermodel, except like times 10. They are. Uh, $12 for the set. BubbleGenius.com. We're also brought to you by the Bowen Law Group and attorney Charles J. Bowen. If you need a lawyer, better call Bo or go over to thebowenlawgroup.com slash Bob and Chez and get free legal advice. Uh, okay. Uh, I don't know. Yesterday I was on uh, I was on Twitter. It was, it was a fun day. It was a fun day to be on Twitter. But by the end of the day, I started doing this. I started... I started to become Debbie Downer, and I'll tell you why. I'm I'm getting concerned that cable news giveth and cable news taketh away. And I'm getting a little worried that it's way too early for the Trump implosion narrative to really 
Yeah, it's, it's well. I mean, it's the Trump implosion narrative isn't terrible. Yeah. The the Trump the sort of uh, you know Trump post mortem. Yeah. That it's too early for that. Oh yeah, yeah. It's too early for the you know this is this is absolutely the end. Right. Because it's just not. As long as he has money and as long as he's insane, which he has both. You know, he happens to to you know f- fulfill both of those. Yeah. Um, he's going to keep going. It's you know I don't think I mean I I don't I don't think he's going to drop out I mean I wrote something about it it's possible it is I, I mean you know the only thing about Trump is that you have no idea what the f- he's going to do next yeah that's right so anything is possible but I don't I mean I don't think he's going to drop out and I, I certainly you know but by the same token I certainly don't think he's going to listen to any kind of intervention he spent seventy years doing exactly what he wants to do mm, yeah. and nothing else and not listening to anyone because he's got the best words and he's got <laughs> one of the world's great temperaments and he's He's got a very good brain, and you know when he listens to himself. I mean, that's how, that's how he's always been. He's not going to change now, right? Uh, two things are just are really bothering me right now with regard to the the Trump coverage, and that is the the dropout talk. Like, I, you know, he's not going to drop out. You, you don't come this far. You don't spend this much of your own money on a campaign only to drop out in August. And then, you know, it's just, I feel like uh, it's a little early to be putting a stake through the heart of the Trump campaign. I wish that this is, all the events that have been happening over the last week and a half, I wish this had all been happening right after Labor Day. That's when it would be, would be really effective, I think, in the long term as far as uh, impacting the results of the election. But I think now, right now, it's way too early for all of that to be going on. And my fear is... And this is, of course, just fear. My fear is that the cable news narrative of the Trump implosion, the Trumpster fire, is really good this week. And then next week, it's going to be the Trump surge. Right. Here, no, that's, here comes and, Trump roaring back. And we've yeah, seen it before. The, that's the problem. Yeah. Because that's like, you know, as we know, narratives change on a dime. Mm-hmm. And it's not about, you know, it's not about the. Uh, um, uh, you know, it's about the story. It's not about like actually reporting the news. It's about having a story, which, you know what, something to sort of, yeah, I still genuinely think he's nuts. Yeah, of but, course. But something, <laughs> sure. for the, something for the crazy like a Fox column mm. is the fact that he is a reality show star. That's right. He knows how to manipulate the media probably better than almost anyone I've ever seen mm-hmm. because he knows that the reality show arc is what they want, which is basically a constant ebb and flow of, of bad and good. That's right. Of uh, victory and defeat. Mm-hmm. He's right. He's creating a dramatic Drum, narrative. Yeah, yeah. He's creating a dramatic arc. It is, it's, it's a constant ebb and flow. I mean, he watches cable news all the time. In fact, yes, during his Washington Post editorial board meeting, he there was, uh, what, Fox News Channel was on the TV behind uh, Phil Rucker and those guys, and, and Trump couldn't take his eyes off of it. They're asking him important questions about the Zika virus and things like that. Yeah, that, was, that was a hellacious uh, uh, article. Unbelievable interview. He just, he yeah. just knows nothing. Yeah, I mean, nothing. Or, or he's faking it, but, I mean, he knows... He can't keep his his attention focused on anything, and yeah. I mean, I remember it was uh, uh, again. Is it Michael Schwartz? I apologize. Uh, the ghostwriter of um, of Art of the Deal, who has been making the rounds, yeah. who said that? Who said he's like he has no attention span? Yeah, he's got the attention span of a gnat. I mean, he, here was Trump. I don't have the audio here, but he, I've I've got the uh, the text of what Trump said with regard to the Zika virus in Florida. <laughs> the question is, if in the Oval Office today. 
how would you be fighting Zika? And Trump says, well, first of all, you have well, a... Well, you know, you know what? I would wrestle her, and then I'd hit her with a chair. And then... Uh, and then Jerry would Lawler, would, Jerry Lawler would, would say it was the most amazing thing he'd ever seen on the WWE. I'm looking at you know, he'd say, I, I'm looking at the Zika virus and I'm saying, hey, Zika, Zika, what are you doing here? Get out of here. Get out of Florida. Get out of Florida. We don't want you here. And then he starts yelling at it. He just starts yelling at the Zika virus. Get out of here. You're not tremendous. You're not. Tre- I am the most tremendous fighter of the Zika. Yeah. He actually, way, but he actually did refer to it. It's Tony Schwartz, not Michael. Tony, Tony Schwartz. That's right. He actually said, well, first of all, you have a great governor who's doing a fantastic job. Rick said he has to set up with ass kissing <laughs> yeah, right. and, and with these these f***ing these superlatives. <laughs> he, he's just just his superlative bromides. <laughs> he says, well, first of all, you have a great governor who's doing a fantastic job. Rick Scott on the Zika. Right. Rick Scott, who is literally doing nothing. I know. But he refers to the Zika virus as the Zika. And then he goes on to say, and it's a problem. It's a big problem. But I watch and I see, and I see what they're doing with the spraying and everything else. I think he's doing a fantastic job. I and, and he's letting everyone know exactly what the problem is and how to get rid of it. He's going to have it under control. He probably already does. And then the follow-up question is, do you think a congressional special session, an emergency session, is needed to review that bipartisan bill from several months back? Trump says, I would say that it's up to Rick Scott. It depends on what he's looking to do because he really seems to have it under control in Florida. The number of weasel words no. he throws out is just, it's just mind-boggling. Yeah. I, I mean, mean, he is he is every, like, high school teacher's worst nightmare. <laughs> he is the bad kid, the dumb kid, I who know. just didn't bother to study. And so he just bull his way through everything but i watch and i see and i see that they're doing with the what they're doing with the spraying and everything else right yeah that's no. it that, that's his answer wrong he the has spraying nothing. and the thing and the thing and the zika and they're spraying the zika with the thing and the thing and there's the, the spraying and rick you know, scott think, he's doing I think it's great fascinating, by the way because oh they're bringing God. back crystal pepsi so for them to bring back zika <laughs> like that i used to really zika. enjoy drinking that it's not really a wine cooler but it's also not really a beer yeah, it's like a malt liquor. It's like a clear malt liquor. I love the Zika. Oh, God. Oh, God. We're so screwed. And, you know, again, I'm laughing at all of this, and I'm watching the polls. I'm seeing the latest Fox News poll. Hillary Clinton ahead by 10 points. I think it's a little less of a margin when you mix uh, crazy Gary Johnson in the mix. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing what Trump's doing now. I'm adding crazy in front of everyone's name. I, I, will, I will say this. It, it has been fa- – I've never seen anything li- – I've genuinely never seen anything like it. No. It is fascinating going to uh, 538 day after day mm-hmm. and watching how the numbers move. Oh, yeah. I mean just over the past maybe week to see it go from – from basically neck and neck in terms of the percentage, you know, the the likelihood uh, of one candidate winning over another, yeah. and just watch Clinton just every day. It's the blue, the blue gets more and more, and the mm-hmm. red gets less and less. That's right. If you look at the uh, the Nowcast tab, well, first of all, Hillary Clinton has got a ninety one point six percent chance of winning if the election was held today. Unreal. And uh, and that puts Arizona and Georgia are back in the mix as far as being toss-up states they're absolutely according to talking points memos poll tracker they're absolutely toss-up states on the now cast on 538 they're almost white both georgia and arizona the red is fading out of those states at this point um and that's that's a pretty big deal there's some people throwing numbers around from utah 
I don't know if that's such a great idea. I think Utah is absolutely going to be a red state like it always is. I don't think Utah is going for Hillary Clinton. But- yeah, but, but then again, that you know, you look at that and you just you marvel at it. Because yeah. the idea that Utah, which is this this you know sort of fundamentalist Mormon uh, place, right. you know yeah. this this hyper religious, very uh, very you know, hyper religious enclave, white, and, and these idiots are voting for Donald Trump, who is just the most amoral, if not immoral candidate i think any party has ever put up there yeah that's what's astonishing on msnbc last night they played a a, a brief clip from i think trump's rally in daytona beach which i actually watched live yesterday afternoon we're going to talk about the details of that coming up but they talked to some guy in the audience who said you know trump trump speaks to me i'm i'm a republican but i'm not an elite republican i don't like those I don't like those elite Republicans, this guy was saying at the uh, Trump rally. Uh, but, I mean, tr- Trump's a billionaire, for God's sake. Yeah. He's photographed routinely sitting in gold bedrooms on golden thrones, for God's sake. And he's not an elite? I mean, talk about delusional. No, I mean, I just, he's, I, he's a con man, yeah. but he's also, but he, and his biggest con ever is making himself the yokel whisperer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. He's been so goddamn effective at that exact thing. Tr- telling people, convincing people, naive, delusional people that he is a man, he represents their voice, that he's just like them. And they, well, he and, is. Well, he is. Again, he really is sort of a reality show villain. Mm-hmm. He is somebody who, yeah, you know, he's somebody who, you know, you remember the shows, and they still they still go on today, which mm-hmm. I was always baffled by. I could never understand how the hell it was that you know very working class people loved watching shows about millionaires and billionaires, yeah, and, or people who won a lot of money <laughs> or who got a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And you know why? It's because they still cling to that idea that someday that could be them. Yeah, it's and it's a- not going to be them. It will never be them. It's aspirational, and and you know what? Yeah. Maybe this is kind of a, a an after party discussion, but maybe it's generational. You know what? There was a time when pop culture never really showed a whole lot of children in in movies or television shows. It was mostly just kids were watching things with adults, like westerns and and cop shows with grown ups in them, and because the idea was that kids are aspirational. Kids want to be like like for example. The original Star Wars movie had they were all adults. I mean, they were t- t- teen, like late teens, early twenties, or whatever, with Luke yeah. and Leia. But they were all adults, and so as a kid, you aspire to be like them. Now, the the current generations, the current younger generations, grew up with child characters being reflected back at them. So yeah. there wasn't D- so Disney much of that aspiration. Exactly. Yeah. It wasn't I mean, my, my daughter's eight years old and she watches like all of the Disney Channel and Nickelodeon live action shows, which by the way, <laughs> never have you seen more. Have, have you ever watched any of those? I've seen never a couple have you seen more people overacting and yelling at each other. I know it's just lots of yelling and lots of like uh, theater style acting. Yeah. Is that's what I see theater a lot style of acting. But I but but honestly, look, you know what, dude, Liz Gillies on Victorious. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Dude, she's so hot. I mean, on that note, I mean, the fact of the matter is that I think older generations have that aspirational tendency to see someone and want to aspire to be like them, even though they're not exactly like them. And right. so maybe that's some of the psychology going on here. I, I don't know exactly. But I mean, people are just resoundingly snowed. I watched that that address yesterday, the rally in Daytona Beach, Florida with Trump. And he had it was one of the rallies with the people sitting behind him, which were all they were all white people. 
There were some younger people there, but mostly they were upper middle-aged to retiree-aged older people. And everyone just with the S-eating grins on their face, just grinning ear to ear. There was one guy who looked to be about 70 years old, had to have had his first erection in maybe 20 years sitting there. He was so happy. And it was like I was watching people as they were looking at like a celebrity, like they were in the presence of some sort of Hollywood glamour star. They just right. could, they couldn't believe that they were there. They were best- Except it's somebody, and, and I think this is the difference. It's somebody like that. It is somebody who is a big star to them. Yeah. But, but he's somebody who doesn't, think liberal somebody who's not a liberal mm-hmm. somebody who does you know somebody who basically talks to them on their level yes and that's what makes trump perfect he is both aspirational but he is he's right there with them yeah. and he puts a giant fucking you know not and not in his case he puts a small <laughs> orange thumb in the eye of everything that they hate yeah i think with trump the way he says things is non-threatening to them. I don't think he no, threatens he their intelligence. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, on a level. oh yeah, yeah, exactly. He speaks directly to them the way they speak. So when they go off at the dinner table about how terrible Obama is, that's what Trump is doing. That's that's Trump's performance. And I, I don't. I, I just. I. I wish again that this was happening after Labor Day because it would have so much more power to it. Now, it just, in August, it just seems too early, and my fear is, remember back in, uh, and this is not exactly a one-to-one comparison, but back in 2013, in October 2013, there was the big government shutdown, and everyone was talking about how the Republicans completely flummoxed it, and how it's going to negatively impact them in the 2014 midterms. No, not really. No, No, it didn't didn't, didn't do anything. And we thought that at the time, because you and I both know that, you know, that news cycles are, I mean, God, in the age of Trump, news cycles are 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And even now, I mean, I can just see it. I'm just seeing, like, the whole thing. I mean, they've got the graphics that come up now, Trumpster fire. They've got the, the uh, Chris Matthews is calling it the Trump implosion. But then I, I, there's part of me that's going, well, they're just setting up the next part of the narrative, which is Trump resurges. And 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 that's happened before. I mean, if you remember, we've but, talked but about... But he, Right, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. He will. He, he may. He may. He may have a resurgence. Yeah. But Donald Trump will has proven to us that he will always be Donald Trump. He exactly. can't control his impulses. Yes. So this is. He's doomed to do this. To repeat this cycle over and over. And that doesn't preclude the fact that we have all this material. That the Hillary Clinton campaign has all this material to work with. That we have material to talk about here on the show. Ad infinitum. And and in addition to the fact that. He's so disorganized as far as his campaign staff. They're so behind the eight ball as far as actually setting up a ground game that uh, along those lines, I think Hillary Clinton has already established down to the precinct level, used the Obama strategies from 2008 and 2012 in order to lock down uh, many of these uh, these swing states as as ground game tactical kind of things. And and it's it's going to be very difficult for Trump to overcome the the Clinton campaign infrastructure on the ground. I just can't see Trump establishing any sort of competitive advantage as far as that goes. So there are a lot of things that will still work to Hillary Clinton's advantage. I just feel like, well, we've already sat here and talked about how Georgia and Arizona are in play. We, but because back during the Judge Curiel thing, 
There was all of this talk again about, oh, is Trump going to be replaced at the convention? Is Trump going to drop out? Is Trump really running? And, of course, he went into the convention, and there was a week of, uh, of bad polling for Hillary Clinton, and suddenly Trump was in the lead. Looking at Nate Silver's map was like, uh, like jabbing needles into your eyes. It was, it was the yeah. worst thing in the world because it looked like Trump might actually have a chance of winning states like Ohio and uh, Pennsylvania and Florida. You know, so this stuff comes and goes. And I, I again, I know it's it's fun to think that Trump is going to implode and then drop out of the race. And it's all kinds of interesting to speculate on these things. But I just have a hard time accepting that at this point. And I, I wish I could. But I think Ch- Ches and I have been down this road many, many times. <laughs> and uh, as far as uh, looking at these elections and. The concern is, is that, um, you know, we've seen uh, chances shift on a dime and and it could very well happen again uh, with Donald Trump. Okay, so we're going to talk about Harry's razors here. And then we will come back and talk about more Donald Trump. I'm just saying, don't get happy. Don't get happy. That is the mantra. Please don't get happy. But you can get happy about uh, Harry's Razors. How about that for a segue? I've been using Harry's Razors uh, for, for many, many months now, and I've spent a lot of time on the air and off telling people how much I love these razors, Harry's Razors. As I said before, I get a close, smooth, comfortable shave with Harry's, a shave that's every bit as good as the big-name brands, and for a whole lot less money, a whole lot less. I love the German-engineered blades that come straight from Harry's factory to me. I even love the packaging. I mean, it's like opening an iPod, for God's sake. No middleman, no trips to stores, no more crazy prizes. Harry's Blades cost half of what the big brands charge. I love that, too. You know what I really love? I love the way other razor companies jack up their prices whenever the hell they want to come out with a new model. Actually, I don't really love that. Harry's new five-blade cartridges include a softer flex hinge for an even more comfortable shave, a trimmer blade for hard-to-get places, a lubricating strip and textured handle for more control when it's wet. And the price didn't go up a penny. I love that, too. Makes Harry's uh, introductory offer even sweeter. That weighted handle, great-smelling moisturizing shave cream, three of those amazing cartridges, and a uh, travel cover for just 10 bucks. Normally 15 bucks. Harry's knocks off $5 when you use the code B-A-N-D-C at harrys.com. That's B-A-N-D-C for Bob and Chez at harrys.com. Stay away from those cheap disposables and stop paying too much for quality. Support this show, your face, and your wallet by using the code B-A-N-D-C at harrys.com. The Bob and Chez Show, presented by BubbleGenius.com. All right, welcome back to our Tuesday show. Thanks for joining us. Today. Yeah, I uh, I got lassoed into uh, appearing <laughs> appearing on the panel uh, for this weekend's sexy liberal comedy tour in San Francisco. So I think I'm not going to be up there the whole time. I'm just going to be. Well, you are a sexy liberal, at least. <laughs> at, at least. <laughs> well, I'm not even going to say it. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, I, I think it's at uh, the Herbst Theater in downtown San Francisco this Saturday night, eight o'clock, and tickets are still available. I, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be fun. I have no idea what to expect. I've never been to a sexy liberal comedy tour show. Uh, they dump green slime on you like you're at the Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards. Oh, great! I love the green slime. You know what? There was one thing I was going to say, by the way. Yeah. Um, that that is, or that feels different this time. Feels right. different yeah. about, than all of Trump's other little mini meltdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I first of all, there is no denying that that in spite of how quickly he moves from one disaster to the next, this does have there is a cumulative effect here. Oh yeah, and the totally. more he does this, the more um, you know. Even though we've he he he, he had just commits so many sins that we forget about what you know what the last big one was, and <laughs> you know it takes two seconds yeah. to do that. Yeah. But one thing that feels different this time is like. I get that they are not going to listen probably, but the president of the United States sat there and gave a gave a, a really articulate address where he basically said that Trump was unfit to be president. Oh, yeah. And and he 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 put the GOP leadership on the spot saying, how can you continue to defend and, you know, support this man? And I, I think that we're starting to see from a lot of of, uh, you know, from a lot of sort of, I don't want to say centrist, but from a lot of, of uh, authoritative places, questions like that. Like, look, this guy has done and said some absolutely horrible things. And more than that, he seems to he seems to be doing it be, involuntarily. It's beyond his control. Right. And if that's true, you are putting, I mean, just, just look, at, uh, look at the thing about the nuclear weapons. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you are putting somebody... What everyone is kind of starting to say is, you know, you, Paul Ryan, um, um, it's just all of you, all of you in the Republican leadership, mm-hmm. you are backing a man who is uh, not simply unfit to be president, but who is dangerous. Oh, yeah. He is dangerously mentally unstable. Yeah, again, the argument has got to be you bump into someone uh, who's supporting Donald Trump, ask them, how do you think Donald Trump would have done in the Cuban Missile Crisis? Just ask them that. It will say, well, I mean, their their MO is to say, well, what about Hillary? What's well, that? No, I'm asking you about Donald Trump. How would Donald, you support Donald Trump, therefore you think he's more effective. How do you think he would have performed in the Cuban Missile Crisis? Would be the answer, obviously, and then eventually going back to Hillary. They won't what know I mean, what the Cuban Missile Crisis is. They won't know what it is. That's true. Um, but here, in case you missed it, I'm glad you brought up the nuclear thing. This was... Uh, this was revelatory. This was from Morning Joe Tuesday morning, uh, or no? Was it was it Wednesday morning? I think it was Wednesday morning. God yeah. damn! It seems yeah. like see there it's it is. So hard. I know, hard to keep up. Here's uh, Joe Scarborough talking about something uh, with regard to Trump and nukes. Um, I, I have to follow up with that. Within, I'll be very careful here. Several months ago. Uh, okay, stop right there. And, and, and Scarborough, Scarborough is just talking about this now. Yeah. The word being several months ago. No, no. Donald Trump starts. There's a story about Donald Trump and nuclear weapons. You report that today, the day it happens, not several months later. Okay. Back to Joe Scarborough. Uh, a foreign policy expert on the international level went to advise Donald Trump. And three times he asked about the use of nuclear weapons. Three times he asked at one point, if we have them, why can't we use them? That's one of the reasons why he has, he just doesn't have foreign policy experts around. Trump. Yeah. Now, I I am so glad, by the way, I I actually Googled it immediately. mm -hmm. And yes, media matters. How long has MSNBC's Joe Scarborough sat on the nuclear weapons Trump story? Yeah. I mean, several months ago. Several months. This ass sat on that. I mean, it's nuclear weapons. It's Donald Trump suggesting that he'd be open to using i mean basically it's donald trump saying i'd be open to using nuclear weapons what what's to prevent me from doing that why should i not do that 
it seems to me as if it's obvious. I mean, to anyone uh, as as young as an infant, you don't use nuclear weapons. You just don't. You don't, yeah. especially preemptively. Don't touch. Don't hands off. the The response to Donald Trump, I hope, from this international uh, foreign policy expert was, "Don't touch. Don't, just keep them. No, no. Bad nuclear weapons. Bad. Do you understand, Donald? No." And, of course, well, I want to use them. I'm going to use them. I have them. Well, might as well use them. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I love how John Noonan just, just destroyed him yesterday on Twitter. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the – how many parts were his uh, – was like his 14, tweet story? 15, something like that, where he's basically like – he's like, you don't, you don't ever threaten that. But the then, whole idea of nuclear weapons is that there is a very delicate balance. But, I mean, at the same time, there are thousands of people, many of which were at the Daytona Beach rally yesterday, scre- you know, just screaming for, and, and they would totally support stuff like that. Like, oh yeah, yeah. America, f- yeah, let's, we're gonna, of course we're going to use our nuclear, we have them, why don't we use them? We'll send nukes over and we'll hit uh, ISIS, we'll hit those ISIS targets. <laughs> no, no, you don't know how it works, that would be horrendous. Do you understand what you're supporting? Do you understand who you're supporting. He's not like you, nor does he care about your interests. He's playing you. He's playing a character. He's doing a reality show of his own creation as he's going along. He knows exactly how to manipulate all of you Trump people, all of you angry Obama derangement suffering uh, p- people who are just bananas about what's been going on for the last eight years and need some sort of messiah to lead you out of it. Well, he's not that guy. You may think he's that guy. He's not that guy. He's going to embarrass you. And then that's then you're going to be partly to blame. I'm addressing Trump you know, supporters now as if they're listening to right. the show. Yeah, no. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, this is nuclear weapons. That's all you need to know about Donald Trump at this point, that he, w- he was confused as to why we can't use nuclear weapons. That's yeah. it. I mean, nothing else. Nothing. Well, by the kicking, way, ba- the, kicking babies out of his rally, uh, talking about uh, uh, veterans. All, all of it, it is irrelevant because he's already talking about. Well, maybe I could use nuclear weapons. That's all you need to know about Donald. And you and you can just see him during that briefing, just kind of slouched over. You know, <laughs> there's a there's a TV on somewhere, so he's he's distracted yeah. by it. Right, distracted by Fox News. And, and and someone's explaining all of this, you know, all of the the intri- the, the delicate intricacies of, of this to him. And he's well and he just, you know, just he comes around like, you know, he's been he's been his attention's been elsewhere. Well, 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 well don't we have nuclear weapons? Why can't we just use nuclear weapons? <laughs> They're like uh Donald Trump, what do you think of uh, of nukes? He said, Well, I like nukes. I, I like those. I like uh, Newt Gingrich, I like everything he said. No, nukes, not newt. Like, oh, oh, I was watching. No, Fox I think Nukes are doing a great job. The tremendous job. <laughs> tremendous job. Nukes are doing a great job. With the with the spraying. <laughs> spraying of the Zika. Okay, um, yeah, so there was also this other story that came out of the rally yesterday in Daytona Beach. I was going to say, what you keep mentioning the Daytona Beach rally, and like this is the way it is now with Trump. In my mind, I'm like, he said something idiotic there. I can't remember what it was, Yeah, but I know he said something ridiculous. There's what always, was it? always something new. It was, he was talking about seeing a quote-unquote top-secret video. There it is. Of there Iran. it is. And by the way, we are we are Kreskin. 
Yeah, I know. We, we, we talked called about it this. so long ago. I said it. I said it explicitly. <laughs> he will. Trump's entire thing is that is dominance. It's that he is smarter than you. He has more money than you, and he knows more than you. If oh, he yeah. knows something you don't know, there is no fucking way he will not brag about it. Oh my God! There's no way he's God. Every chance he gets. He's going to blurt this crap out. And yep. certainly he did it yesterday with the with the Iran uh, $400 million story, which actually really drives me crazy because cable it's news. BS story. Here, here's why I started. This is this whole story is why I started down the road of, of don't get happy on Twitter yesterday. And now here on today's show with the whole idea of pivoting from Trump implosion to Trump resurgence. And this is one of the stories that could actually do it. We're going to talk about that and more right after these words. Okay, let's talk about supporting independent media. For only $1 a month, you can help finance The Bob and Chez Show at patreon.com slash bobandchez. That's 12 cents per show. Go now to patreon.com slash bobandchez. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash bobandchez. And sign up for $1 a month, $5 a month, $10 a month, or $15 a month, or whatever you can afford. If you sign up for $5 or more, you'll get special Patreon-only shows like our post-mortem wrap-up show, the Not Safe for Work after-party show, and commercial-free, unbleeped versions of the free Tuesday and Thursday shows. Most of all, you'll be supporting a totally independent podcast not affiliated with corporate media. And if we reach our $7,500 per month goal, we'll bring you new shows five days a week, Mondays through Fridays. That's patreon.com slash Bob and Chez or click the Patreon link at bobseska.com. Let's do this thing. Shove Bob and Chez into your pants and haul them around with you wherever you go. Subscribe to the Bob and Chez Show in the podcast section on iTunes. The second half of today's show, as always, brought to you by the bobseska.com Amazon link. If you want to go shopping at Amazon, enter the site using our link just beneath the logo at bobseska.com, and we get a small commission from everything you buy. It costs you nothing and helps support the show. Thank you to everyone who uses the Amazon link. It's been doing really well so far this month, and I'm looking forward to another stellar Amazon link month uh, uh, throughout August. Okay, so uh, <laughs> I should know. I saw this uh, this interesting exit interview or exit survey complaint from one of our Patreon subscribers, Bob and Chez persistently refer to the articles they've written recently. The podcast started to feel like their personal infomercial. You dick! Too this, whole, this whole f***ing thing is our infomercial. It always has been. No our names, Our names are on it. I know! Our names are on the title card. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's if that's your main gripe, I don't know what to tell you because it's going to keep happening. I mean, in fact, I want to do it more. I want to do it more often just to irritate. We should just we should just do Sorry. do an entire show that's nothing but talking about what we've written, like going all the way back to like the beginning. You know, in two thousand four. <laughs> I wrote this really, really terrific piece. Yeah, for Huffington Post in 2005, I wrote about CNN and Wolf in Blitzer. Two, in 2006, and- there was this spectacular thing I wrote about how much I don't like Oprah. 
And then there or, was or Sarah Jessica Parker. By the way, it's so funny to go back to those and like look back on those days. Oh, I know. I, Dude, I, I was I was so much more vicious years ago than I am now in terms of things I was willing to to say that yeah. I, I look back on now and I'm like, oh my god, I, I would know. be called out by every you know for for lack of a better term, social justice warrior on mm-hmm. earth. Yeah, I know. I got. I remember uh, the the first big the first real surge in Huffington Post popularity occurred around. Uh, Hurricane Katrina. And I was just looking back at some of, or th- at least thinking back in terms of some of the stuff I wrote about Hurricane Katrina and Bush's response to all of that. And and some of it I go, well, it was okay. And others I go, eee. <laughs> I can't believe I wrote that. Why why is that even public anymore? Why have I not deleted that article? Mm. I need to s- scrub some old crap off of Huffington Post. All right, so uh, moving along here with the show, we're talking about uh, this allegedly top secret video that may or may not exist that Trump saw. Um, apparently, that, I mean, that's the problem. You yeah. have no idea whether whether what he's saying is true. Right, he's, it could be complete bull. Right, and there's this there's this story about this four hundred million dollar payment to Iran, and the the way that this is getting completely misreported on cable news is driving me batty. Now, you may or may not know, there was actually back in January, there was a cash payment sent to Iran, and it was because of a deal involving a Hague tribunal and a settlement between the United States and Iran over a very complicated matter having to do with the former Shah of Iran and the overthrow of the Shah of Iran. Here's a uh, here's Barack Obama explaining it. This is this is Barack Obama back in January. The third piece of this work that we got done this weekend involved the United States and Iran resolving a financial dispute mm-hmm. that dated back more than three decades. 37 years. Since 1981, after our nation severed diplomatic relations, we've worked through an international tribunal to resolve various claims between our countries. The United States and Iran are now settling a long-standing Iranian government claim against the United States government. Mm -hmm. Iran will be returned its own funds, including appropriate interest, but much less than the amount Iran sought. For the United States, this settlement could save us billions of dollars that could have been pursued by Iran, so there was no benefit to the United States in dragging this up. Okay, so the original what Iran wanted out of this whole deal was ten billion dollars. Yeah. All right. The the settlement was negotiated for about a billion and a half. That's a great deal. It's a huge deal. It's a good deal. If this had been Donald Trump, he would have been talking about. I made the best deal. I made a tremendous deal with Iran. You know, it's it's all the way down. If you read the deal, it's a great deal. They wanted ten billion, and they got a billion five. And the four hundred million was the first payment toward that that total settlement, but of course that's not what Donald Trump talked about. Donald Trump talked about not a great deal. He talked about the the four hundred million being unloaded off an airplane in a video that may or may not actually exist. Here's Donald Trump yesterday in Daytona Beach. Iran, I don't think you've heard this anywhere but here. Iran provided all of that footage, the tape of taking that money off that airplane, right? $400 million in cash. How does the president- Cash! He says cash, $400 million in cash. Jesus God, he's like a gangster. 
He's like a 1940s mafia don. Like, he's like a hood. Like, I get, they get cash. I give them lots of cash. And they have lots of cash and they go around and spend things with the cash. We're going to send $400 million in cash. cash. This is in cash. Cash. In currency. Now, here's the amazing thing. Over there, where that plane landed, top secret, they don't have a lot of paparazzi. You know, the paparazzi doesn't do so well over there, right? And they have a perfect tape done by, obviously, a government camera. And the tape is of the people taking the money off the plane, right? <laughs> that means that in order to embarrass us further, Iran sent us the tapes. Right? It's a military tape. It's a tape that was a perfect angle, nice and steady. Nobody getting nervous because they're going to be shot because they're shooting a picture of money pouring off a plane. And then you say, where does that money go? Who gets that money? <laughs> I doubt it's the people of Iran. I doubt it. But you say, who gets the money? Then you also say, who's authorized to give cash? Who's authorized? No, no. God. Who's authorized to give cash. And you know what? I'll tell you, it's a disgrace. And Iran released that tape, which is of quality like these guys have. Iran released that tape. And two days ago, <laughs> one of their tops said, we don't care about the deal with this country, with the United States. We're going to do whatever we want. Said it. Scornfully said it. He's just, you know what? He's just making all this. This is all made up. Either, either it's all made up, or he saw the tape during his national security briefing, and now he's repeating the details of his uh, yeah, top that, secret national exactly, security. That's briefing. it exactly. Those are the only two options. The only two. Right. Think and about that. It really is. I was tweeting either, this. Either he was shown that during something that is top secret, or he is bullshit the entire story that's right so you know, I mean, it's one of the either one is horrible i mean everyone was doing the research almost immediately to try to find video that donald trump saw and it does not exist i mean the story from huffington post is trump boasts about watching top secret iran video immediately after becoming eligible to receive classified briefings yeah. <laughs> This is so dangerous. I mean, and, and of course, the crowd is go like oh, shouting things at him and saying, yeah, this is great, great. Go, you tell him, Mr. Trump. Well, obviously, you oh, saw God. the New York Times video. The New York Times video of... Uh, the video of Donald Trump's supporters, the crowd. Oh, God, yes. Oh, my yeah. God. Where they're just a bunch of screaming, frothing, racist, misogynist, you know, xenophobic yokels. Yeah. I mean, it was like it was the Sarah Palin rallies multiplied by a factor of a thousand. Sure. With because because there's so much rage there. Yeah. Tons of rage and lots of. Did you notice the number of bros? Like, oh, yeah. The, the number Absolutely. of like 30 something white guys. Absolutely. In there, just like there was one guy, he was just raging like he was in a mosh pit chanting about Trump, like yeah. marching up and down the yep. just like people calling uh, calling Mexicans beaners and just all kinds of racial epithets and and obscenities. This is your family values party, ladies and gentlemen, the Republican Party nominated this maniac. Yeah, yeah I mean, the, the you know, the worst you're talking about some of the just the the most embarrassing people in this country the ugliest of ugly americans and they yeah. now have a voice right and that's what this is all about yeah he has given these people who have been forced for a long time by the way rightly to right, right. shut the f up yeah 
And now they're emerging. They can say all of these horrendous things in public now. Yeah, because political correctness, you know, political correctness. Mm -hmm. And here's what really concerns me about this $400 million Iran story. And by the way, just check out Charlie Pierce and Esquire. He does a great job of explaining where it came from. The whole story about the negotiation of the settlement uh, in The Hague. So, of course, supervised and we're obligated because negotiators came up with this number and created the so we're obligated to pay them the money based on an international court so just read charlie pierce he's got all the details about that story but here's the problem with this story cable news cable news yesterday and i was watching this i was at the gym and i had it on tv and i'm watching (laughs) cnn and when they brought up the $400 million payment to Iran from January, they were talking about it in these terms. Number one, what did Trump say about it? Then yada, yada, yada. Here's what Trump said about the $400 million. So that's, that's the first thing people hear about the $400 million payment to Iran. Trump's perspective on what happened. Second part of the story, what did Mike Pence say about it? Yada, 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 here's what Mike Pence said about the $400 million payment to Iran, and of course it's not true, and it's, it's made up, and they're talking about something that actually didn't happen. They're, made, they're connecting it to the release of the hostages that happened around the same time as the initiation of the, of the first payment. So now they're, ma- they're basically making it out to be a quid pro quo, and cable news ran with those, those interpretations of the story, and then finally, at the tail end of the story, they explain what the four hundred million dollars actually is. Yeah. So the first things you hear, the first two things you hear are the bull, and then the third thing you hear, there's the truth. But you're already running with the. That's the, the first thing you hear is what gets imprinted first in your brain and and in the little tiny chiclet brains of the people who worship Donald Trump, and they're going to run with that. And that, so that's going to be the thing being reported over and over again. Newt Gingrich was tweeting about it yesterday. This is how the narrative changes. Yep. Instead of reporting the facts, what they're reporting is, well, well here's, what, here's what the American people are thinking about this issue. Or here's what Donald Trump says about this issue, not what the actual issue is and right. the details surrounding that issue. It's infuriating. And that's how they're going to turn Donald Trump's implosion into the Donald Trump surge. Yeah, and it's the job of, it is the job of news organizations to vet this sh- Right. It is not the job of now. Look, we get that that you know any news organization that's not Fox News will be accused of being liberal anyway. Mm-hmm. But it can't just be left to the distinctly liberal uh, websites and news outlets. It it has to be it has to be picked apart piece by piece by genuine you know by by establishment outlets. Yeah, I mean the the basic traditions and rules of journalism establish the idea that you first report on the facts, the who, what, where, when, why, how of a story, and that would be all the details in terms of what the four hundred million dollar payment actually was. And then you can go into well, here's how Donald Trump got it wrong, and here's how Mike Pence got it wrong, and here's Barack Obama saying exactly what it was, which is actually true because we've checked it out, and these are the facts of the of the story. But no, it's they're they're going to start feeding this narrative of Trump's big comeback. Oh, Trump was against the ropes, and oh, the the Republican Party intervened and they they had an intervention and they told Donald Trump, hey, you got to get off Twitter. By the way, Donald Trump has not said a nasty thing on Twitter in forty eight hours. I got to say, I am genuinely shocked by that because I really and truly thought that he would lose his. Mind over yeah. the Obama thing, oh, yeah. over the fact that Obama came after him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
And he didn't. All he did, the, the last several tweets from uh, Donald Trump have been thanking crowds at various rallies. I mean, the only thing I can think of is that they, you know, they locked him up somewhere. Yeah, you have to go back to August 2nd for something nasty uh, from Donald Trump on Twitter, and it was against Hillary Clinton. And I don't know, are we going to see that again? Probably. But for now, he's stowing it. Either that or someone stole his handheld device. He just has no access to it. And it's just a staffer saying, hey, thank you, Colorado Springs. All right, we're going to take one last break and come back uh, with more news right after this. You can't always get a clean you can feel good about inside and out unless you're using Bubble Genius Bath and Body Products. See, Bubble Genius is a woman-owned small business proudly creating our vegan-friendly products in America and supporting other U.S. businesses by buying our ingredients and supplies from them as often as possible. Plus, you'll be hard-pressed to find packaging as recyclable as ours. Visit BubbleGenius.com and check out our cause-related items, too, like our global warming soap and a lot more. We donate our proceeds for those items to worthy causes, like organizations combating climate change and mountaintop removal mining. Good stuff like that. We also send our products to the troops overseas through our Buy a Soldier a Shower campaign. Because the least we can do is keep them smiling and smelling great, right? So visit BubbleGenius.com and feel good and clean. Bubble Genius, doing our part to make the world a better place, one bathtub at a time. That's BubbleGenius.com. Obama! This is the Bob and Chez Show with Bob Seska and Chez Pazienza, presented by BubbleGenius.com. Oh, thank you for joining us today. Welcome back to the show. Um, so Trump repeated uh, at this rally yesterday. This is what everyone was talking about. Trump yesterday. At this uh, Daytona Beach rally, he was talking about uh, not uh, not moving forward with his campaign, not behaving more in a more presidential way. He went back and was making fun of Serge Kovaleski and Megyn Kelly once again. Oldies with goodies. <laughs> yeah, oldies with goodies. You know, yeah. it's, like, the- it's like it's uh, like you know, it's like going to see uh, uh, Radiohead and and they do the bands which they haven't done in forever. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they reach back into their uh, into their old catalog. Yeah, it's like watching the Stones play Satisfaction. It's like hearing Dan Bedondi say "Shall not be infringed." Yeah, man, that's what he did. He went off on uh, Serge Kovaleski, and by the way, confirmed the fact that he was making fun of Serge Kovaleski's uh, disability. Of course. Here was uh, here was Donald Trump attacking both Megyn Kelly about the blood from her whatever thing, and then uh, also Serge Kowalski yesterday. Commercials were so false, just like Hillary's commercials. They're so false. They're so false. Like she's got the one with blood coming out of her eyes. And I meant her nose, or her ears, or her mouth. But these people are perverted, and they think it was another location. <laughs> Unbelievable. And you- so, yeah, they're the ones who are the perverts. Right. What a jag off. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. You are the uh-huh. ones who are the ball lickers. God. Right. So, uh, yeah, so that was that. You know the truth? I cut it short because I was talking about either taxes or economic development. So I said, or whatever. And I wanted to get back on the subject. I yeah, because he wanted, he, what he was. F- 
fucking liar. <laughs> he wanted to get back to talking about economic development. So he just said blood coming from her whatever. That makes zero sense. Really, seriously. God. Should have finished it out. It would have been much better. So they lied. Mm. Then they put a reporter on. And nobody's better to people with disabilities than me. I spend millions (laughs) and millions of dollars on buildings taking care of people with disabilities. Because you have to by law. You exactly. don't get you don't get that's, special that's like his sacrifice, you know, his big <laughs> sacrifice that he's worked and made created jobs. Yes. Yes. You don't get brownie points, Trump, for putting in uh, uh, ramps and things like that. No, sorry. That just doesn't. That's not the way it works. So I had a reporter wrote a good story for making my case mm-hmm. because it was a long time ago. It's like 15, 16 years from the time we started this narrative. So it was a long time ago. And you'd imagine he's talking like this and you see behind him. Everyone with the big, like, ear-to-ear grins on their face. Like, every word he's saying is like manna from heaven. It's like he, they're drunk on, on Trump's words. Well, because, of course, he has the best words. I know words. I have the best words. Right. They're, just, they're loving every second of this. And all he's talking about is something from 20 years ago and this feud he went off in, uh, with, uh, with Serge Kovaleski. That's the big, that's the big uh, revelatory remarks he's saying that make people so delighted in his crowds. And it was during the World Trade Center, right after the World Trade Center, this reporter wrote a story talking about people dancing in the streets or rooftops or something. It was pretty good. So we used it. And then the reporter, after I'm sure he was given tremendous pressure, tremendous. he worked for, I believe, the Washington Post, and he worked for the New York Times, and he worked for different things. Different Terrible. Thing. Terrible. Totally dishonest. That's okay. But the reporter, all of a sudden, remembered it totally different from his story. And he was mm. groveling. So they put up this phony ad, Hillary Clinton, and they show him. The word was groveling, and what I was talking about was groveling. So those are two of the things. It's just, it, you know, again, he doesn't. It's astonishing to listen to this and yeah. realize he can't let anything go. Yeah. No slight mm-hmm. will ever go unanswered. He will be talking about this for 25 years or, yeah. or you know, on his deathbed. That's right. The same way that he continues to fucking, you know, that he continues to bombard Graydon Carter with pictures of his fingers. Yeah. Megan Kelly and Serge Kovaleski will be his rosebud. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be on his exactly. deathbed saying... I'm not going to do the gesture. That's what he said. I'm, I'm not going to do the gesture because... And then he trails off. So, but yeah, because you'd look like a dick, like you did the last time with you doing that gesture, imitating someone's disability. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh, I don't remember. It's really, really presidential. So maybe that's a step in the presidential direction for, for Donald Trump, that he just said he could do the gesture, but he's not going to do the gesture. Presidential. <laughs> no... No, 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 no. All right. So, meanwhile, I didn't. We talked about this. Uh, we actually we didn't talk about this on Tuesday's show. Donald Trump is having a feud with uh, fire marshals from coast to coast. <laughs> Various fire marshals he's irritated with because there was a fire marshal uh, who w- saw that one of his crowds in Colorado was at capacity and couldn't allow any more people into the room because it was filled. So Donald Trump went off about that fire marshal, who, by the way is from the uh, fire department that rescued Donald Trump from that elevator that went wacky. And, you know, Donald Trump was stuck in an elevator with a bunch of people for 30 minutes. And they rescued him from the elevator. And then at the rally later in the day, Donald Trump goes off about how terrible that fire marshal is. Not only that, but he goes to a town in a different state 
no longer in even Colorado. He's in like Ohio or something and leads off his next rally with how terrible the fire marshal was in Colorado. That was the beginning of Donald Trump's rally on Monday about the what was it Monday? It was over the weekend about how terrible the fire marshal was. That's what he's talking about. Oh, God, it doesn't end. But don't get happy. Yep. By the way, credit where credit is due. Don't get happy. I learned that by working on the Don and Mike show. It was a Don and Mike thing. I didn't make up the phrase, but I am applying it to the election. I don't think they are. Okay. We got the uh, postmortem show coming up next. Slate is trying to sentence diagram one of Trump's sentences that seems like it goes on forever now. We're going to talk about that. Uh, Donald Trump talked about uh, sexual harassment victims and had some advice for them. Oh, yeah. Yes, that was a winner. We're going to talk about that one, too. Yeah, I mean, look, Trump's all over the news, so we're going to spend some time talking about Trump on the show right now. That's just the way it works. Oh, and maybe a story uh, involving our favorite hacker, Weave, who is back in the news. And we have a uh, Breitbart story coming up. Sign up for the Postmortem Show at patreon.com slash Chez. You get the Postmortem Show uh, for $5 a month. You get the Postmortem Show. At $10 a month, you get the Postmortem Show and the After Party. That's our Friday... Uh, rant fest where we just talk about everything that's going on in, in pop culture and personal lives music all kinds of fun things maybe some politics we talk about politics quite a bit actually on the after party uh at 15 dollars a month you get the uh, post-mortem show the after party and a commercial free not safe for work unbleeped version of this exact show and by the way, if you listen to the, uh, if you're at patreon.com and you see Bob and Chez commercial free, not safe for work, that show, it includes the postmortem show at the very end. So you get the entire seamless block of both the free show and the postmortem show at the end. But if you're only signed up at $5 a month, you just listen to the postmortem chunk that's up there separately at uh, patreon.com slash Bob and Chez. Please support the show. We're getting very, very close to our goal. We're about, uh, I'd say we're about two grand away. That, that two grand, we make up that two grand, and then suddenly uh, we're doing the show five days a week. Fun, fun, fun. Okay, we'll see you at the Sexy Liberal Tour on uh, Saturday night in San Francisco. Bye, folks. Bye-bye.